Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Those of you that check us out on YouTube can check out all my helmets behind me, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Love this podcast because it's really three podcasts in one. Although this time of year, it's a a really fun time because A, we're getting you ready for the draft, but also I love going over scouting lessons from watching the conference championship games. Emery and I actually spend a decent amount of time on that because it's just fun. There's a lot to take away there. Speaking of Emery, that is, of course, the one and only Emery Hunt at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube, and then footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. There, There is no more like you should get to it you should order it. It's now. Like, it's going to be out before you know it. Make sure you can get one. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. I'm at Ross Tucker on NFL on pretty much every social media. He is at Ross Tucker Pod. I mean, we are at Ross Tucker Pod. I mentioned he's at F Ball Game Plan. Yes, he is the guy that Lamar Jackson quote tweeted. I guess that was Friday or whatever. So, Emery, what, what happened there? You tweeted before you get, get – after Greg Roman and the Ravens part of ways, you said, um, hey, before people get carried away with who could be the OC, you know, Lamar Jackson did play in a pro-style offense in college. Yeah, I had to – because, you know, it's funny. When you follow these things for as long as we have, you know which storylines and which narratives are going to come out because – it was always about Lamar Jackson plays in this specific type of offense, even though, and I said this back in 2018 um, before the draft that, Hey, this dude is coming out of a pro style offense. They run the same offense as Tom Brady and the new England Patriots run. They just add the, they just run out primarily the pistol and they just add a little bit of the run, a QB design run in there in terms of like the QB powers and stuff like that. But they run the same Earhart Perkins offense that a lot of teams around the NFL runs. And I also said pre-draft that we never got to see 
um, Bobby Petrino with Michael Vick because Vick went to jail that that year, which is why Petrino just was like, yeah, I'm out of here. But that is what it would have looked like had he had the opportunity to work with Michael Vick. It would have looked like what we saw from Louisville with him and Lamar Jackson. So just because they lose Greg Roman, don't think he hadn't played in the pro-style offense. So don't come out with the narratives that, hey, oh, by the way, yeah, you only could get so many OCs that are willing to cater to Lamar Jackson's style. Is almost saying that, yeah, he can only run this type of offense when in actuality, in, in reality, the offense he was running with Baltimore was something that was completely foreign to him. He wasn't running that type of offense at Louisville. So, yeah, you can run any type of offense with Lamar Jackson because he is the one that makes everything else just go. You don't have to solely rely on him just running the football. You can call your regular offense, and when things break down, that's when you have the biggest problem in defending a Lamar Jackson. So that's why I threw that tweet out there. Then I went to watch. I'm at practice. I'm at the Tropical Bowl, and, you know, as I'm filming the practices and taking notes on who's doing well, my phone is blowing up. I'm like, I had like nine missed texts. I'm like, yo, what the hell? And um, somebody was like, oh, Lamar Jackson. Like, well, what happened? So I go on Twitter, and then I saw, I was like, oh, wow. They, Mitch's were on fire the whole, the rest of the day. So I was like, dang, that's pretty too, That's pretty cool. So that's that's how that whole thing transpired. Yeah, that was awesome, man. Um, a question on that, though. Um, a couple of things. One is, he wasn't running like, Zone read and read option stuff. I mean, I, I don't. I, I remember him just being awesome, and I remember him running all over the place. But I don't remember. I, I guess I just assumed it was like the zone read read option stuff. There RPOs. was that was part of the run game element, um, and, and so that's why they primarily did it out of pistol. But when you look at the passing concepts in the passing game, and it's funny because I show you this. Where is it? Uh, la 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 la. Oh, I should have had it ready. Uh, oh, I do. Here you go. I have the book he wrote. This is this new book he wrote where he talks about the offense as well. So they all the passing concepts that they ran at Louisville was what you saw the Patriots run. Um, and, hey, we have a dynamic talent at quarterback. We can also expand this playbook and add these QB power runs inside the red zone, add some zone reads. So it was a really expansive playbook. Um, that you can only do when you have a unique talent. So a couple thoughts on that, Emery, because I think this is an interesting discussion. I do have a question of how successful he'll be in another offense. I, I think a lot of people would like to see him sort of in a Shanahan offense with all the play action, all the boots. Can you imagine Lamar Jackson on all those bootlegs, you know, being able to press the edge like that? But um, it'll be interesting because, I, you know, I do think teams, I think I said this last week on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, I think with every year since the first year they did it, which is when he won the MVP, defenses have gotten better and better at defending the Greg Roman stuff. Not that they totally have it on lockdown, but that first year, all of the false keys, all of the pullers, all of the quarterback run game, they really took the NFL kind of by storm there. But I feel like with every passing year, people got a little bit better at defending that, don't you? You know, you know why, Ross? It's because everyone else started to do it. Think about the expansion of the offensive side of the ball. Now you 
Now it's cool to have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson um, at your disposal. So we're seeing more of the zone read on offense. So now defenses are seeing it more in games. And therefore, in some in some cases, their own team is running the same things that we're seeing Lamar Jackson, the Ravens do from a run game perspective. The difference is obviously they have the Lamar Jackson, which changes everything. Uh, but just the same idea that the run concepts now guys understand how to take on those blocks or what they're seeing with those blocks and things of that nature. What needs to happen for Baltimore in a new offense is updated personnel. And that's the biggest key. Can you imagine even if they, maybe they didn't think this, this, uh, this far out, but this is the same team that had Kyle Juszczyk on it. And I imagine him in that offense with the Lamar. As a, and again, I'm a big Patrick Ricard fan, but imagine Kyle Juszczyk now as a weapon in that offense, along with those other tight ends. That's the expansion you want to see. You want to see more dynamic playmakers. Keep in mind, Lamar Jackson won an MVP with, you know, Seth Roberts and Willie Sneed and those guys. And you go back to his time at Louisville, when he won the Heisman and then the next year we had a, a better year than he did his Heisman year name one. I think James quick was the only notable receiver and none of those guys played in the NFL. None of the running backs he had played in the NFL. So if you were mad, that's why I was so adamant in the 2018 draft with the Browns and the, with the first and fourth pick, I would have took Saquon Barkley number one. And then I would have took Lamar Jackson number four along with them later on bringing in an Odell Beckham jr. Can you imagine the explosiveness on that offense? So that's my whole thing is getting elite personnel around an elite talent. And this, and we still haven't seen the best of Lamar Jackson because he's been surrounded by solid players. And imagine if he had a Stefan Diggs or if he had a, you know, Kyle, I'm sorry, Keenan Allen and a Mike Williams, if he had, you know, a Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. The Ravens have so much room for growth. They got the tight end position down, Pat. They got the Will, uh, you know, Isaiah Likely. They got the Mark Andrews. They got Charlie Kohler, who's finally healthy. They have a, a solid fullback that can aid in the run game. They have good depth in the backfield. They just have to master the receiver position. And once they do that, it's game over. You mentioned the Tropical Bowl, Emery. Um you know, I follow you on Twitter, so I have some idea of who you're going to say at F Ball Game Plan, at least I think. But who kind of stood out to you from the Tropical Bowl? It's funny because we're going to see a couple of these guys. Well, we're going to see one of these guys, t- two of these guys <laughs> uh, this week as today, as we're recording this, I leave out to the NFL PA Bowl. Um, so we'll see a Fred Payton, a quarterback out of Mercer, who we talked about a couple times, I believe, on this podcast. Very efficient uh, quarterback. Um, we're going to see a Todd Centillo, quarterback of JMU. It's going to be out there at the NFL PA Bowl. Cameron McDonald, the tight end for Florida State, was the best tight end of the week. So good that he got the call up after practice on uh, a Friday, he, and they practiced first. So he was the first practice on the Friday, and then it was like, all right, yeah, he's going to NFLP. He's not going to play in the game. But quarterback Connor Degenhart, we spoke about him before, a quarterback out of New Haven. I think he's the best D2 quarterback in this draft class. And I know, and this is not throwing shade at the other guy, Tyson Badgett out of Shepard, who's going to the Senior Bowl. But Degenhart, I have now seen compete at the FCS Bowl, at the College Gridiron Showcase, and now at the Tropical Bowl. So he has three all-star game performances against 
the competition that's that's rising. So FCS Bowl is primarily FCS D2 NAIA D3, you know, and now you go to the College Red Iron Showcase where, where it's a mosh posh of everybody, and then you're at the Tropical Bowl where you have a heavy contingent of FBS players, and he's out there just slinging his football all around the field. He's 6'5", 215, 220, good athlete, can run around, you know, and, and he was thriving in the uh, periods that you want to see the quarterback thrive in, team periods, team two-minute, uh, and also seven-on-seven. Seven. You know, the ball was coming out quick. It was coming out where it needed to be. So he was someone that I thought, like, man, you know, this is somebody that that is going to garner a lot of attention. Um, I'm excited to see how his process goes. But there was a – Ross, when, you, when you're at the College Gridiron Showcase and the Tropical Bowl, it, now that they've added – two extra days to the tropical bowl. It was called a tropical bowl scrimmage on Tuesday and Wednesday with like 150 players. And then the tropical bowl week started Thursday and Friday with their game on Saturday. That's another 150 or so players. So CGS had 300. They have 300. It's a lot of talent, man. That's why I get so excited about the, you know, the bottom part of the NFL roster. There's an opportunity for teams to improve uh, depth in the secondary with this group that I've seen in the last two trips. Um, and you could throw the hula bowl in there as well. And there's a lot of talent, um, you know, at the, uh, along the offensive line, you know, even though there was some depth issues with the tropical bowl, because there was one team only had like seven linemen, you know, and it's hard to find linemen, but the ones you do find, you, you know, you, maybe because they expanded, these two groups you probably could have had the o-line group as one so you couldn't really get the reps that you wanted to get in certain uh drills and periods but ross there there's a lot of good talent and that's why you saw the uptick in the cfl scouts there all you know there were a head coach there was a head coach and a gm there from two separate teams um at the at the tropical bowl so the usfl heavy contingent xfl had some representation there they were more prevalent in the college go down showcase because they're right there in texas and it was just the start of their training camp so that's why i'm excited for these these other leagues because there's a lot of talent out there um that's going to be able to you know fill these leagues up with, with good young talent and the pipeline is going to keep getting you know bigger and bigger what's uh what's on tap this week emory what are the games this week nfl pa bowl i'll be out there today through uh thursday and then Friday, I'll head from Pasadena, which I love, to Vegas for the East-West Shrine game. And I'll catch two days. Of, I hate the way that the Shrine game week is set up because they're going right up against the Senior Bowl. So when it was in St. Pete, I used to be able to get the whole week of the Shrine game, those three days of practice or four days of practice. Um, and then I used to also stay for the game. But now I can only catch because there's nothing on Friday. I think there's media access on Friday. So I'll be trying to do some player interviews. But then I'll catch Saturday practice, Sunday practice, and then head out to Mobile um, on a red eye to get to, you know, for their Monday so I can get to the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday practice of the Senior Bowl. So this is about to be 10 days of straight uh, uh, three separate All-Star games. So those are the ones that are left. But this week, immediately, Tuesday to um, Thursday, uh, Friday morning, is I'll be at the NFL PA Bowl, which is a beautiful – Game. It reminds me a lot of the Shrine game and, and how relaxed the atmosphere is because you're in Pasadena. It's, you know, you got the mountains in, behind the Rose Bowl setting. You're sitting in the Rose Bowl 
it's a great place to watch a game and just watch football because there's no bad seat in the stadium. That's awesome, man. That's a, that's a heck of a schedule you got coming up. Uh, by the way, we also have the conference championship games coming up. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code Ross. New customers, we got these new states, Ohio and Maryland, can bet $5 on the conference championships and get $200 in free bets instantly. It's only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code Ross. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It's also, what are we, three weeks now away from Valentine's Day? That means it's time to go to myfrontpagestory.com. There is no better Valentine's Day gift for a loved one. There's just not. And I got you guys a code. It's RTFP10. Let me make sure that's what the code is. RTFP10. You'll get 10% off if you get your loved one or anyone in your life the best Valentine's Day gift ever. Myfrontpagestory.com. All right. This is one of my favorite things that we do, Emery. It's when we look at like the weekend that was in pro football and what lessons we should take. We got these two things going on concurrently. We got Emery, who, by the way, is the single hardest working draft analyst out there. I see agents tweeting about the fact Emery's the only guy that shows up for every event, every practice. Um, he's like me. I, I'm driving to two games, and I, I got the sickness. The, I'm driving till 4 a.m. from Lincoln Financial Field to Corning, New York, sleeping for three hours, driving to Highmark Stadium. Emery is my brother from another mother on the college end of it, going to all these all-star games. Why do we get along so well? Um, but what I love about Emery is while you're going to all these all-star games, we're also watching these playoff games, and – it's nice to like, it's a reminder of why it is that we do this. Like the whole process, the draft and this whole discussion, why it is that we do these things. So um, I'll give you one, one takeaway I have. I don't want to steal your thunder, but, and I've talked to them about this. I've talked to the Chiefs about this. Pacheco, okay, from Rutgers. Don't, don't dismiss a guy or hurt a guy because he's on a bad team. You have to be able to look past the team the guy's on. He's from Violent, New Jersey, South Jersey, so he goes to Rutgers. He didn't really get a chance to flash the speed that much because there weren't really any holes. You know, I mean, he was at Rutgers. Their O-line was struggling. But then he ran this fast combine time. So at Rutgers, you couldn't see him catch the ball because they never threw it to him. And then also, you know, his numbers weren't great in terms of production, because their offensive line wasn't great. But Brett Veach was like, you know what? This kid, he ran like a 4-3 at the combine, and Veach could tell he had some juice. And so they drafted him in the seventh round. He's like their best running back, leading them right now this time of year, Emery. So one of my big takeaways from the weekend is you got to be able to separate the player from the program. People get so, oh, this guy from Ohio State. This guy from, uh, you know, Clemson or Alabama or Georgia, that's great. But on some level, you got to be more impressed with the guys that produce at the programs that aren't as good. Man, Ross, that's a fantastic 
point and segue um, because the one guy I forgot to mention about the Tropical Bowl is tied directly to what you just said about Isaiah Pacheco. And I remember last year he had a really good Hula Bowl week and I couldn't get to the Hula Bowl because of flight cancellations. But then he got the call up to the NFL PA Bowl and he was out there showing the burst of juice of every, you know how when guys in, in certain drills just kind of go through the motions, but he was the one that was finishing in the end zone, you know, and then running back all the way back to get back in the huddle. So every, you saw that same effort, every rep that he got. And that's why he had the success he had, um, you know, this season. Ellis Merriweather of UMass is the same guy. And it kind of ties into one of the points I have. Okay. He was a productive runner for UMass. We know UMass was terrible. Um, and he was, you know, a thousand yard rusher. He ran r- rather well, but they didn't use him in the passing game. And this is a part of why you love to get to these all-star events, because you can see guys do things that you wouldn't normally see do. Case in point, James Houston, who was primarily a hand-in-the-dirt guy for Jackson State as a pass rusher, I got a chance to see him play off the ball more at the NFLPA Bowl and then subsequently at the East-West Shrine Bowl where he won game MVP, defensive MVP in both all-star games. Um, Now he goes to the Detroit Lions and puts his hand back in the dirt and almost has double digit sacks after starting the game in or playing in his first game on Thanksgiving Day. So I said I'll have to say this. When you go to the All-Star Games, watching Ellis Merriweather catch the football and run routes, like his downfield route running and ability to really work a linebacker and get free and then catch the ball away from his body, you like, wait a minute. Like he he can catch the football. You can you can look at your scouting report and be like, because some people may just look at the box score and say, well, you know, you got to have experience in the passing game. They really use him in the passing game um, because he only had like 20 receptions in his career. But then you go to the All-Star games, you watch him catch the football better than the tight end. you like, why wasn't that a part of the offense? Why wasn't he utilized uh, like that in the passing game? And so now you add another nugget to his his profile to where a team may push him up and elevate him because of it. So, you know, that's a, that's one part. And I'll, I'll give you another one before I toss it back. Um, when you think about, and the Cowboys game is fresh in my mind because it was the last one we saw, but it's, it's about understanding personnel and how to utilize personnel. It, it I just was mind blown with, you have the USFL MVP and Kevontae Turpin, who wasn't just a returner, for the New Jersey Generals. You know, he was the, the leading receiver. He was the number two receiver in the entire USFL. You, you lose Tony Pollard. And when I tweeted out, you have these big brain people that didn't understand what I was tweeting and referring to. And I say they should utilize him in a Pollard-type role. I'm not talking about line him up behind a fullback and run him inside a tackle. I'm talking about the speed and explosive element that he brought to the table. He's always one broken tackle away from breaking a, a kickoff. Why can't you find slip screens, end of rounds, you know, jet sweeps to put him within your offense to help keep your offense on pace with that explosive element instead of utilizing C.D. Lamb in that role because now you're wearing him down and taking him sort of away from the receiver role. So understanding personnel and, and finding ways to maximize the roster is always key. And the last point I, I lied is the last point um, before I toss it back. How important is football IQ? You know, oh. Man, you kind of stole one of mine, but go ahead. <laughs> but it's, it's it's like you're watching 
Like, and again, I know things move fast out there on defense. Um, but my God, you have to at, at your basic level of football knowledge have to understand zone turns into man. So if you're dropping in zone and no one is in your immediate area and you see a guy coming your way, that's your guy. Squeeze that, condense that, take that option away. There's so many, like the crossing routes people couldn't cover and just not understanding where you are in zone. And it was just like, man, football IQ when you're scouting, you you have to value that higher than anything else, especially for the NFL game. You know that more than anybody, how – much of the NFL game is mental as opposed to physical. I'll, I'll give you one on that. And it's kind of that. And it's also like, don't overthink it. Read Blankenship for the Eagles. Undrafted rookie free agent at a middle Tennessee state made three or four plays Saturday night against the giants. First of all, his football IQ is off the charts. And especially, Emery, at safety, at, like, linebacker, off-the-ball linebacker, those are, like, thinking positions, right? Where, like, you really, your football intelligence, and by the way, nothing to do with what your grades are in school. Nothing. Okay? We're talking football intelligence. Nobody cares about what you did in science class. Nobody. Uh, There's football intelligence. It's really hard to have success at those positions if you're not an elite, elite football IQ guy. And Blankenship reads things, and he trusts them, and he goes. You know, I think he started for Middle Tennessee State for six years and, like, led them in tackles for six years and was awesome. I have no idea. In fact, I'm going to find this out Sunday. I have no idea why he wasn't drafted. No idea. I have, I, well, I take that back. He's a white safety. Yep. I'll just say it. It's proof. And, it's proof. and, and there's going to be people that are skeptical of a guy like that. And I think the fact that he went to middle Tennessee state and that he was there for so long, but he was always good every year. He was good. Stock still told you he was their best player for like three years. I mean, I just, I don't get it. No, you're absolutely right. Ross. And, um, he was another one that was at the East West Shrine Bowl. And you're like, when, when you're able to see things and trust what you're seeing, he already had the athleticism, but now you're playing even faster. And that just takes away so many opportunities for an offense because you're seeing the same things as the offense is seeing it. And as it's processing, you're able to anticipate and get there. And it's just like like the difference between you know, um, Patrick Queen, you know, who's a good athlete, and a Roquan Smith. You see how they read things out differently. Roquan sees it at an, at an elite level, and he's able to get there, anticipate, and blow things up, which is why he had the success he had uh, this past season. Juxtapose, you saw the difference between a Patrick Queen in the middle and a Roquan Smith in the middle, and they're on the same defense plan at the same level. Um, but Reed Blankenship is someone, especially at that position, man, if you don't understand angles, anticipation, and you know how to really break things up in terms of like not just necessarily breaking up the ball or anything like that, I'm just saying just breaking up where the an option for the quarterback, you take away you you, you leave yourself shorthanded as a defense. 
juxtaposed to what the Cowboys weren't able to do from their safety position, the Eagles are able to do. And it helps your defense out. And it's just so crazy how that works. Look at San Francisco from a second-level perspective, juxtaposed to the Cowboys. Look at Fred Warner and how he's able to read things out and play things well, combined with the uh, Hufanga back there at safety. You, you know, that's a great – that's an elite combination. And and that makes their defense really go, man. And if you're not football-aware, receivers, understanding where you are on the field – understanding you know leverage all of those little things that we kind of throw out as cliches that really matters man and it takes away you know it, it really enhances your team if you have a team full of guys that are super football smart and you, you're right it has nothing to do with your classroom smarts it's about playing a lot of football understanding the game and being able to see it from a 10,000-foot level. It's crazy how valuable football IQ is. Check him out on social media, at FBall Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. You can always watch this show, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. There is no better draft guide than footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide because every guy is in there. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. The keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.